Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Well, today begins mediation discussions between the NFL and plaintiffs in the city of St. Louis in the region's four-year-old lawsuit brought against the NFL, NFL owners, and Rams owner Stan Kroenke over allegations tied to the Rams' relocation to Los Angeles. So we will see if there is a sense that the NFL wants to settle this case with Stan Kroenke, or will it face more uncertainty if this case heads to trial in January. So those mediation talks are certainly one to keep an eye on. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Tuesday, November 23rd. I'm Abe Madcore. We have one more Buzzcast on Wednesday before heading into the Thanksgiving break. First, get ready for the return of the USFL. Yes, the new look USFL will launch in April with eight teams all playing in one city, but the teams will carry the legacy city brands from the original USFL from the 1980s. Yes, you will see the Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey Generals, Philadelphia Stars, Pittsburgh Maulers, Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers, New Orleans Breakers, and yes, the Tampa Bay Bandits. They will all play with updated logos. Now, the new USFL is controlled by Fox Sports, and it has no ties to the original league or the original teams. Fox Sports said it would announce the location of its first season's games very shortly, but there was a report earlier this month that the league had reached an understanding to play games at Protective Stadium. Details, final negotiations are still to be sorted through, but all eyes look for the league potentially playing its games at Protective Stadium. It should be noted that Birmingham is the only one of the eight cities identified to not also have an NFL team. I'm sure that Fox Sports does not want to put games in an NFL market, so Birmingham does make sense. But the bottom line is spring football, a new-look USFL, launching in April with eight teams all playing in one city. Last week, we talked about how NBC spent big to retain the Premier League, and our John Aran offered his five key takeaways from the deal in his SBJ Media Newsletter last night. The top reason, of course, was the reason we talked about on Friday's Buzzcast, the ever-growing value of live sports rights, and that's good news for rights holders. Now, John Aran also reported last night that ESPN and the Premier Lacrosse League are close to a rights deal that is expected to be announced in the upcoming weeks. Specific details are scant, but the Premier Lacrosse League games are expected to be carried on both ESPN and ESPN+. Now, remember, the Premier Lacrosse League was launched in 2018 by Paul and Mike Rabel, and the Outdoor League has been carried by NBC Sports since the beginning. NBC NBC Sports was a big proponent and advocate of the idea and the Rabel brothers, but it could move now to ESPN and John Aram believes the Premier Lacrosse League will fit well 
into ESPN's portfolio as last month ESPN signed a deal for the Indoor National Lacrosse League, which underscores the network's commitment to the sport of lacrosse. So the Premier Lacrosse League could be moving from NBC to ESPN. You know, we keep talking and hearing about how much is being spent by sports betting operators to recruit and retain customers. All of them are throwing more and more money at customer retention. One example, a good example to look at, broke yesterday, and it's what Caesars Sportsbook is doing with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts will offer a $500 credit for any season ticket holder who creates an account on the Caesars Sportsbook's mobile app and bets at least $50 by December 26. This is the first major activation of the long-term sponsorship deal signed by Caesars and the Colts in September. The $500 credit is only for new Caesars customers. To qualify, fans must buy or renew their Colts season tickets. They download the Caesars app and they place a wager before that deadline. But if you're a current Caesars Sportsbook member and you buy or renew season tickets for next season by December 26th, you'll receive a $100 credit for a free bet for a Colts Raiders game on January 2nd. We are hearing that this is the biggest betting ticket credit deal yet in the NFL. I'm sure you'll see more of these in the future, but it's another example of the steps that the sports books are taking by offering these incentives for customer retention. Let's move on. A good read from Bloomberg out yesterday looks at the state of the athletic, which is yet to turn a profit and is facing more pressure to sell and is seeking a price of 600 to $800 million as investors look for a return on their original investment. The Bloomberg report states that the New York Times did not reach a deal with The Athletic after assessing the value of the company at less than $500 million. Now, The Athletic currently has 1.2 million subscribers. It has ended ambitious video plans because of the cost and the return on the investment on the video strategy, but it has doubled down and seen real success in their podcast strategy. Bloomberg reports that in 2020, The Athletic generated $41 million in revenue. It's on pace to hit $77 million this year. A company spokesperson said The Athletic expects to generate more than $100 million in revenue in 2022. So you see steady growth in revenue. But again, The Athletic still out in the marketplace looking for a buyer. It's one of the most talked about stories that I hear from my sources in the sports business. So keep your eye on the future of The Athletic. We'll end the buzzcast around people. First, new Pac-12 Commissioner George Kliakoff is starting to make his first personnel moves. He is named Teresa Gould as Deputy Commissioner of the Pac-12. Gould comes from UC Davis, where she was athletic director. She will carry the full title of Deputy Commissioner, Sports Management and Institutional Services. So she'll work with a number of programs. She'll be the primary contact with the NCAA. And she'll also work with Jamie Zaninovich, who has carried the title of Deputy Commissioner and COO for years. And now Zaninovich will take on a larger role. He'll continue to serve as the conference's liaison with the athletic directors. He'll also add oversight of communications and finance in his role as Deputy Commissioner and COO. So George Kliakoff making some key moves there, bringing on Teresa Gould 
and having her work with Jamie Zaninovich. Kliakoff also said he is establishing a senior level position that he is going to call chief people officer or someone, as he says, wakes up every morning thinking about our human capital. That's one of the most key positions I'm seeing across the sports industry, a chief people officer. Let's move on from the Pac-12 because we didn't touch on this because it broke so late on Friday, but we should because it's very important. MLS President and Deputy Commissioner Mark Abbott is stepping down from his position at the end of his current contract, which is at the end of 2022. So Abbott will be around for a whole nother year, but Mark Abbott, you can't overstate this move. He was critical to the success of Major League Soccer. His contributions to the launch and growth of MLS and the growth of soccer in North America have been tremendous. He's been instrumental in expansion and business growth, and he will remain on at MLS through 2022. He'll transition to an advisory role on a number of key areas in 2023 and beyond. But Mark Abbott is the real deal. He is the longest standing MLS employee. He joined the league as the league's first hire in 1993 and will step down December 31st, 2022. What a run for Mark Abbott. And finally, a hat tip to longtime CBS Sports Communications executive Jerry Caracchioli, who ended a successful run at the company after 25 years. Friday was his last day at the network. Prior to CBS Sports, Jerry had stops with Major League Baseball and other teams. He was always a pro to work with. We look forward to seeing what's next for Jerry Caracchioli. So that is your morning buzzcast for Tuesday, November 23rd. Hope everybody has a great day and enjoys this short week. I'm Abe Madcore. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.